at mm-hmm. the police reunion concert and was sitting at the other end of the auditorium and I said, I'm not sitting here for the police. And that's just the ticket I got. So I walked all the way down towards the stage and I came out in the lower golds, lower seats. And I just kind of, I stood there behind the usher watching the show and it was perfect right there. And all of a sudden, Stuart Copeland, he's playing and he just took a stick and he threw it up in the air and he grabbed another one. Well, this stick comes down, it lands on Sting's amplifier and it bounces down behind the amplifier and it's this far behind the amp. Nobody can see that stick laying there. Well, you know who saw it sitting there? Me. My mind starts going, my heart starts pounding. I'm watching the show and I'm watching that stick at the same time. Keeping my eye on it. Hey there, this is Adam with the East Row Advertiser. Um, This weekend there is a special tribute to honor the life of Todd Miller, who sadly passed away in October of 2019. He was just 57 years old. Uh, That's who you heard speaking to start the show. Todd was known by many in the area for his musical talents, playing drums for several local bands, including the the popular Never Been. Um, It was 2015 when I first had a chance to meet Todd, and I interviewed him for a story in the paper. The focus at the time was to hear how he got into music, but really to see about his collection of drumsticks, guitar picks, uh, ticket stubs that he acquired over his lifetime of going to concerts. Pretty much starting going to concerts at the age of 10, a lot of rock shows with his family, and uh, continuing on as he grew older. When I thought of the tribute this weekend, I thought back on that interview, and it was one of those times where, for me, as a editor, reporter, it was just a lot of fun to be there in the room with someone, hear a portion of their life story, something they had a deep passion on. And so I thought I'd get the old interview out, share portions of it for friends and family so they could hear them again. So what follows is an edited version of that conversation. I hope you enjoy it, and uh, you do hear more about what happened to that drumstick he had his eye on at the police concert. That's a little later in this episode. But uh, now, here's Todd. Well, my my two brothers um, had bands when I was about, like, well, they were always kind of into it. And then my mother was in the Aurora Players all the time, down there at the park. So we always, my brother had his hippie pad in the basement with his band, and my other brother had his, his band upstairs. So I had to move up to the second floor, and I would just, you know, watch them play and then one specific drummer in my one brother's band caught my eye uh, that's the local family Lambert's George Lambert that's when I started getting really interested in it uh, just there was so much going on you know kind of, it was like a whirlwind my sister had a band too she was playing in Buffalo so all three of them my mother my father was already passed and then my oldest brother was he's a watercolor artist It was just a lot going on, a lot of people over all the time, you know? So it's like right in your life? It was right in my face, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) And and for some reason, I just picked up on what George was doing. I was just, my brother, they had this really good band. They were incredible players. And I think at that time, I was just really surprised at how, you know, how, how can you be this good? I would tag along, and you know, since I was the youngest, 
you know, I've always had this thing about being so proud of them. And if I could just wrap up a guitar chord, that meant everything to me. Get <laughs> involved somehow. Yeah. When do you think you first started picking up instruments to play? Um, probably, I would say I was probably 12. My brother, well, the one band upstairs had a set, and, the, and then my brother Dave's band, they had a set downstairs. So when nobody was home, they would always take their sticks with them because they knew I was hanging around. We used to have these coat hangers that had this wire, and I had a piece of dowel wood. It's probably about that big around. I feel like from dry cleaning preserve, remember? Buy, when you buy a suit. It had little ties around the ends, you know? And I remember looking into the closet one day, and I look at that, and I grabbed it, and I pulled one end out, and I pulled the other end out, and I looked, and I had a pair of sticks. So I used to go downstairs and beat on their sets when nobody was around. Why would they take their sticks? They just didn't want you to mess it up? or <laughs> They just didn't want me to play them. Because I was a kid. I didn't know how to take care of anything. Mm-hmm. Or appreciate it, respect it, you know. Yeah, just all the Peter Frampton, you know, just... My brothers were all into that. And then I was, you know, it just overflowed onto me. And I just played a lot. It's just so into it. At what point did they either find out or start saying, okay, you can maybe play with us? I, my, yeah, my one brother Dave started letting me uh, sit in with them, and it, it was pretty, it was, came pretty natural for me, because I was just listening to so much stuff every single day. My one brother Dave used to just drill, drill me with Led Zeppelin, and just, I mean, literally sitting in his room at 10 o'clock at night, and he would just ride me constantly on how good they were oh, and yeah. stuff like that. Just, <laughs> just listen to these guys, you know. And it just really was burning in my brain, I guess. You know, your brother here is drilling. Sometimes that can go the opposite way where you're, like, tired of it. But at the time, it wasn't that way for you? Oh, no. It was like being, you know, it's like seeing God. It's just, you know, I was into as much as he was when I was 11 years old. Um, and then he took me to, I went with him and my other brother, Wes, to my first concert at 10 years old, and that was Humble Pie. My first concert experience was um, uh, standing in the lobby of the old auditorium with about 10,000 people, and they started to push and shove, and it was, it was, it was pretty scary. Uh, 1972. And I'm looking up at everybody, and there's nowhere to move because you're sandwiched like sardine, and it was pretty scary. I was scared to death. And then um, the next show I went to was... Uh, my brother took me to Led Zeppelin. You know, these shows early on for me were pretty much everything it was built up to be. Ten years old, then the 12 or 11, all the hype of them playing in the house and everything and, and all this commotion going on, actually going to a show was, you know, it was fantastic. It was, I was like, man, i got to do this. Or be a part of it or do something, you know what I mean? I remember going to the old auditorium so much it was like a, a second home, you know. There was a period of 10 or 15 years, the late 70s and mm-hmm. into the 80s. It was just constant. Everybody who was coming, we would go. Well, I'd go in there and just go, you know. And, uh, yeah, it was like nothing else. I just, I loved it. I mean, I used to go, I used to love the whole aspect of the show. Like, I would sit and I'd watch all the stagehands work, you know, before the show to take the whole thing in. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't just walking in two minutes before the, the band started. I would sit and just watch everything and watch the people, you know, and then the first band comes on and the lights and the, 
and then you know, and then the the main bands coming on, you know, and then of course I saw Rush in 1978, and that actually that blew my mind. Somebody told me they were coming. I remember hearing them fly by night on the radio, and I thought they were ridiculous. I was like, what? Who is that guy singing that song? <laughs> but then I saw them on a, a it was called the Hemispheres tour. That was it. I was like, this is this is my band, and that was big for me to have your own band you know this one's mine yeah and Neil Peart still to this day and I loved the way he played because I think a lot of jazz drummers you know they're a lot of school taught so everybody learns the same things they use it in different ways but Neil Peart is a rock drummer just created this whole new style of playing in in the rock music scene um just absolutely powerful and, and you try it. to emulate that when you go home or oh god yeah I guess you all wound up yeah <laughs> I was wound up this morning at 6.30 listening to them oh, yeah. <laughs> way to work yeah <laughs> well they're coming in June and you have tickets for that yes yeah. this is my 25th show <laughs> can you imagine seeing the same band 25 times is it different for you each time or what keeps you going back to that oh I just love them so much <laughs> they're so um the word for it unwavered they've got 25 records out this is their 40th year yeah they, they've never wavered from doing what they thought you know they're just so such a such a good band and they're all about 62 years old and they still just deliver i think where the collecting thing started coming in the whole reason i got into collecting was because my brother dave had collected some stuff and i kind of would see his stuff and i was like it's like, boy, that's interesting. You go to a concert, which I always love to do, but then get something and take it home. I was like, oh, I like this. So that's when I started really getting interested in it. We started to figure out how to get close when we didn't have those tickets. I'm probably late 70s. Um, so it was getting by security, which wasn't very tight back then. So this, this maneuvering thing starts coming into effect. You know what I mean? Okay. What do we got to do to get close? I think probably one of the first ones that I that I got was Rush, but it was really difficult the first time. You said you had to like those were the times where you're sneaking up, kind of. Yeah, well, towards the end of the show, you know, that's that's unless you're sitting really close and they throw them out because some guys will to be in that spot where that stick's going. You have no idea. So, in the rush, the adrenaline that was big. I mean, I've been chased. Um, I've been escorted out. I had a guy come after me, and I ran. <laughs> a security guy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He told me to leave, and I wouldn't leave. Oh, it was actually at Darien Lake at an Aerosmith concert. He looked at me. I mean, he he wanted a piece of me. And, and the show's done. The, and... Yeah. He's trying to get a stick or something. And I'm trying to get a stick. He told me to leave, so he he started coming after me. And, and so I started, and the crowd was actually leaving. And I went through the crowd, and what did I do? He lost me. I doubled back and I went all the way down the aisle and came back down the other way, all the way back to the stage, caught a stick, and then I started leaving and I yelled to him and I went. And then I ran out of the place. <laughs> all through that, and I got one though. Um, were there other ones that oh, were, yeah. were like... Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> there, I, had, uh, I had an usher help me get a stick at <laughs> the police reunion concert, and that's another thing where I... Um, 
was sitting at the other end of the auditorium, and I said, I'm not sitting here for the police, and that's just the ticket I got. So I walked all the way down towards the stage, and I came out in the lower golds, lower seats, and I just kind of, I stood there behind the usher watching the show, and it was perfect, right there. And, uh, and he just turned to me and he said, there's some seats around the corner, dude, if you want to go sit down. And I was like, all right, thanks. So I walked through and I went up and I sat in a $250 seat. And I'm sitting there watching the police. And all of a sudden, Stuart Copeland, he's playing, and he just took a stick and he threw it up in the air and he grabbed another one. Well, this stick comes down and it lands on Sting's amplifier and it bounces down behind the amplifier and it's this far behind the amp nobody can see that stick laying there well you know who saw it sitting there me and I sat there and I went <laughs> so now it starts my mind starts going my heart starts pounding I'm watching the show and I'm watching that stick at the same time keeping my eye on it so the lights went up I walked closer trying to get this guy's attention he wouldn't look at me, and I remember this guy came up to me, and this usher, and he goes, okay, buddy, come on, we got to go. I said, listen, I'm a drummer. I collect sticks. There's a Stuart Copeland stick laying right there behind that amp, but they, they don't know it's there. What does he do? He whistles and gets the guy's attention, and the guy says, hey, can you get that stick for him? The guy walked over, picked the stick up, threw it, caught it. And the usher looked at me, and he goes, man, you are persistent. <laughs> <laughs> Then, at that point, I knew, you know, I'm getting pretty good at this. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been hit at one of these shows? or What? Like, punch? No, just chased. I was, you know, I remember I had a security guy on each arm. Oh, yeah. Walked me out. Yeah. Um, I dove over rows of chairs. I think I knocked a tooth out once. <laughs> <laughs> I, woke up the, I woke up the next day, and I was like... Somebody goes, do you remember you dove over a row rows of chairs to get to that stick? And I, I was like, yeah, oh, okay, that's where it went. Did you get the stick? Yeah, yeah. But there's nothing like the sound of a stick bouncing across concrete. It's just that sound. It's that echoes. And it's like a violent alarm. You know, it's like this frenzy. But it's like, okay, am I going to get to it before anybody else figures out what's going on? Because he just threw me one. Because, you know, sometimes you'll catch them. Sometimes you'll, ooh, you might fumble one. And Seems like there's a lot of power just by saying, hey, do you mind? Is that yeah, kind I think of the being, case? Being, yeah, polite. Mm -hmm. Being polite. Even going up to ask for something. I've, I've stood there and asked for things, and I've seen people that have just been really drunk, and they're just so out of control. I've, I've stood next to people that have done that, and I was just like, my time is very limited here, you know? Please go away. <laughs> I have a job to do. Yeah, yeah. Gotta, <laughs> I'm a, You're I'm messing a, everything up. <laughs> I'm on a mission here, you know? And uh, this is it. This is like, you know, this is like now my performance starts. I've got to convince somebody I've never met in my whole life to give me something. Can I do that? You know what I mean? That's, that's, the, that's the rush. That's the adrenaline challenge thing. And I, don't, I have no idea why I put myself in that position, but I, I love to try. What's a, is there a sticker, a pick or something that you have that's, more meaningful for you 
Well, every single one of them is, there's a story behind each one. Or, you know, the drummer not only plays for that band, he plays for other bands. But yeah, you know, it's funny because I was thinking about it today, how like being right-handed, my right arm, my favorite thing is the playing part of what I do. And then my left arm's my collecting part of what I do. <laughs> so, you know, playing comes first and then along my little musical journey is my collecting. All the places I've been to, you know. I save all my ticket subs, the picks, the sticks. I'd always be the back last one back in the parking lot. And I would come around the corner, you know, like maybe being down by the cobblestone or something, you know, and and you know, the parking lots are big and everything and it's there's no cars left anymore, practically. There's thirty cars left when there was about a thousand and they're still standing there and people are tailgating still and all of a sudden they say, here he comes. And I'm coming across the parking lot and I would usually take my stick and stick it down the back of my pants because anybody, you know, inside the arena, if they see you, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll take it, Mm -hmm. you know, so I would hide everything. And I'd come across the parking lot and it's like I had my own little audience of friends standing there looking at me (laughs) and I would come across it. Pull it out, and I go, I did it. I did it. I got one. And they would be like, yeah, well, of course you did. <laughs> <laughs>